podcast where we cover magic herbalism and more i'm shannon and i'm nick and we're your co-hosts so y'all this is um a very exciting week we're celebrating our three-year anniversary i know isn't that absolutely bonkers yeah um three years man uh we're hitting the the triple goddess this is our triple goddess year uh (laughs) We're crones in the podcasting sphere. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, we're, we did it. We, we did our, we did three years. <sighs> three years. And I feel like a lot has changed in our lives, in the world, even in the woo sphere. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So and you I know, guess- Gwyneth Paltrow is talking about uh, retiring. Well, you know, how can she compete with the likes of us? Truly, truly. <laughs> um, but before we kind of, I guess, get into like, I know we were also going to do Fantasy Samhain because it's happening. Um, I had another fucking audiobook I listened to where they called it Sam Hain, and I just cannot. I cannot. The fucking Cringe. internet exists, people. Please stop. Like, you can say it in different ways, like Samhain, Samhain. Sam Hain is never correct. No, that's, y'all are wrong for that. Y'all are very wrong. But before we do that, Nick, when did you feel the magic this week? Ooh, okay. So hmm, a good one is I did see an owl fly down from the top of a cell phone tower like two nights ago. Ooh, just like a big old barn owl or something. Because I, I was, obviously, I'm always looking for birds. Um, it's annoying to my friends and loved ones, but it's something um, that, that... Not we, the real know. ones. Let's just be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but, so I, 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 I heard some of the hooting. I'm like, okay, what are the, you know, what are the high vantage points? So I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's the cell phone tower. So I'm just kind of watching. And then I see it. I see it kind of go into like, uh, you know, death from above. Like it probably was trying to catch a little mouse or a rat or something. And um, yeah, I was really happy with that. That's gorgeous. Um, I, I had a really funny one. So I got to go to the magic castle this week, um, which was really cool for listeners who don't know the magic castle is like kind of an iconic uh, school of magic for magicians not witches magicians in los angeles and it's like invite only you have to like take classes and audition to become a magician member but i went with like a colleague who had um a donor who's a member invite him and his guest that was supposed to come couldn't because of covid so i got to go and i got to watch so much like magic it was so much fun and so goofy and I cannot recommend it enough if you're able to go. So that's like my fun, silly one. But then yesterday, we finally had our first break in the heat. And today, the high is only 74, which is beautiful. So uh, this bitch took a bath yesterday. And that was truly the most magical thing that's happened in months. I love a good, like, magic bath. 
Oh, it's it's finally that time of year here, too. I'm like, I need it. Y'all, showers are fucking overrated. I want to sit in a magical soup of me. Well, also, it's just like, I want to, I want, I, you know, in order for my muscles to relax, I need to be in there for like an hour. Yes, and you can't do that in the shower. If you're in the shower for an hour, the water is cold. Yes. Yes, and, and, it, just, and you're I using can't. so much of it. And um, for those reasons, I'm so glad. It, I'm so glad as well that it is bath season. God, yeah, three cheers for bath season. Um, and it's like Samhain's around the corner. I bought our trick or treater candy yesterday because Target had a sale. Because of course, everyone's fucking clearing out for Christmas, which uh, I am deeply offended by. But it did mean that Halloween candy was on sale, and you know that I'm not getting that fucking like shitty candy like we are a good quality name brand candy household because you get what you pay for and i definitely spent like close to a hundred dollars on candy and i have no regrets well and i will say i feel like y'all probably do get some trick-or-treaters no oh yeah no we get a lot of trick-or-treaters like we like park la brea kids go hard in park la brea so like we always run out of candy we have like hours worth of trick-or-treaters. It's so much fun. Well, and you know, that just, yeah, I'm like, see, that's one thing I don't like about living in an apartment, but I actually do think I'm going to go to Callie's house this year and hand out some trick-or-treater candy. Also, do you know what you are going to be dressed up as for Halloween? So because we're not actually going anywhere for Halloween this year, um, I'm kind of just putting on some of my fun gothy clothes and doing makeup and wearing my Maleficent horns. And that's, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. So, so you're just being, um, oh, you. I'm being me plus horns. <laughs> you plus horns. <laughs> you know. Um, what about you? Are you, do you have a costume this year? Um, yeah, I'm going to be Sailor Moon. Oh, okay. Pulling out that cancer baby energy. Well, you know, I just, I'm like, I kind of wanted to do something that is a callback to my, my travels this year, but also something that's a little, a little silly, a little goofy. And I've never done a drag Halloween costume. So I was like, what better than Sailor Moon? I mean, if you haven't already gotten it, you could do Sailor Mars. I'm just throwing it out there. Um, okay, but... While I appreciate that sentiment, the Sailor Moon costume is incredibly discounted. Um, okay, when you're right, also, you're there's right. There's a lot of there's also like a variety of cosplay wigs that are already styled as Sailor Moon. You're right. It is a great wig moment, like because her her little pigtail buns are iconic. Yeah, it's like a pigtail crossed with a bun. Also, I do think it's funny because, um, you know, I don't do, like, makeup or anything. So so what I think is going to be funny is trying to do makeup to be Sailor Moon, um, having z- almost zero experience. Oh my god, you are going to look like everyone's, like, old drag grandma. Um, which is, I think, going to heighten... Like... The look. It's it's giving John Waters, and I'm not mad. 
Um, and I also don't think I'm going to shave my face. <laughs> no, you should not. You absolutely should not. I would be so offended if you did. <laughs> so, so that's, that's kind of my plan for, for this year. Um, but okay, we should get into it. Yeah. Because, okay, so as you guys know, for this round of the Sabbaths, we're doing the fa- the sort of, like, fantasy Sabbath, right? Yeah. And also, I do think this is a good one because it's our three-year, it's Witch's New Year. Uh, I also just think this is going to be, like, a good time to talk about, like, witchy aesthetics in general. Because I have oh, some yeah. thoughts. And I... And I feel like this is a good time to talk about sort of where the direction is going, where we're heading. Um, and so, yeah, let's just get into it. I personally think that I, I'm i kind of doing my fantasy Samhain next year. So um, yeah. me and my sister have been talking, and if she ends up backing out, and I do know that she does occasionally listen to this podcast, so Get your passport. Period. But we want to go spend Samhain in either Ireland or Scotland. Because we're going to go to both. Um, I, and we want to be there on the day of. Ooh. So I know, they, I know they do like a really big celebration in Edinburgh. That's like a traditional Samhain. I think it would be dope to find one in Ireland. I mean, shit, maybe even Stonehenge, but I bet that's that's crazy. Oh yeah, no, at, at all the big Sabbaths, Stonehenge is like a fucking crazy, crazy town, like UK destination. Um, but all of that to say, I do because apparently in in Ireland it gets really foggy in like late October going into November, which just really makes me think of like you know, the veil and the, you know, accidentally going into the spirit world. And so I'm, I'm manifesting this trip and I'm also manifesting that it is foggy as fuck. And we do get to go to a, a like traditional Celtic bonfire Samhain. Oh my God. That does sound like the fucking tits you have to carve a turnip oh absolutely yeah no pumpkins no pumpkins for me thank you yeah no you're carving turnips but i did see the best fucking pumpkin carving hack on like instagram today and i just have to plug it real quick because it was this little old lady who cut the top off of her pumpkin but instead of spending 400 years scooping it out she took her fucking like handheld egg beater and like used (sighs) it on the inside of the pumpkin and everything scooped out like fucking nothing when she was done with that it was it was babs was it not and she put cinnamon in at the end didn't yes i love her i love that woman so much she is literally on both my tiktok and my instagram reels um and she has good life hacks so yeah the egg beater trick is definitely one to try because the last time I carved an actual pumpkin, it was a nightmare. An absolute nightmare. I love carving pumpkins, but the problem is the goddamn squirrels in Park La Brea are ruthless. Like, they will eat 
anything you put out. Like Eric and I have seen them carrying, like, you know, those mini pumpkins that are still too big for a squirrel to carry. Yeah. We've seen them carry them up trees. They're terrifying. No, I, I hate squirrels. Anyway. I mean, I think for me though, speaking of like fantasy Samhain, I'm so glad that I'm able to be part-time remote again this year because it means I can get back to my favorite Samhain tradition, which is making lamb stew. Now I know that lamb is like, whatever, it's a spring thing. Okay. But like lamb stew is my familial dish and I make a lamb and Guinness stew on Samhain and it is like what I do, but I couldn't do it last year because I was fucking working. So I'm so excited to be able to do it because like the best lamb stew has to cook like all day. So the meat goes through being like tough to breaking down and being super tender again. Oh, yeah. I am, I would die for a bowl of your lamb soup. It's like one of my favorite things. So I'm going to make some lamb stew. I'm going to do, um, I'm going to make some like crusty, like herb bread in my, uh, cast iron Dutch oven. And then we'll see what we do for dessert. I usually end up buying good little like store made desserts because like I put my heavy lifting on Samhain into the stew and that's where I spend my energy on stew and bread. And then I usually just buy something cute from Trader Joe's. They like, they always have the cutest little desserts and whatever. We're witches with day jobs. So we do what we got to do. But I mean, on a very like different note, Because I do think going to the UK is like, I don't know how else you top that for a fantasy, but I did want to talk a little bit about um, the descent and like magic around travel to the underworld as like a vibe for the holiday. Because I have this like great book that I think I've talked about a little bit. It's by Stephanie Woodfield. It's called Dark Goddess Craft. And one of the first sections is on the descent. So if you think about mythologically, you've got like the hero's journey, right? Which is all about when the hero is collecting essentially their tools along the journey. So there's like departure, initiation, and return, right? So there's like the call to adventure, they resist the call, then they're initiated where there's like the change. um, And then there's like the return, right? When they come back and they're all like, woo victorious and they have all the new like skills and tools but the descent is actually like it's something that's part of the human experience but it's not it's like the story that we get with like Anana or Persephone you know these stories where actually in every step of the journey you're giving something up it's like this idea that you're really like dissolving illusions that are like driven by the ego and it's the way that you get like completely broken down so you can be reborn and I think that this is the perfect time of year for magic around that I mean obviously shadow work hello this is a part of it but this book actually suggested like working with vibe as part of that so um sometimes you'll see like the Morrigan right broken down into like triplicity and sometimes the Morgan is her own entity and then you have like Vibe and Neva and um, Anna or Anu as aspects of her but in this book she talks about like Vibe as like the figure of the washer at the ford 
And so the idea is like communing with the washer at the Ford to kind of strip yourself of all of, you know, of all, all of these things that are like holding you down, things that you've outgrown, sort of letting go of all of this stuff until you're like peacefully empty so you can be reborn into the next phase of your life. And I just love the idea of like working with the washerwoman, working with Vive or even the Morrigan this time of year. But it was it was fun because I was reading that and then I saw that in y'all know how much I love Seraphic Goddessiners at Many Moons Lunar Planner. So this year for Samhain, the the entire ritual is called Creation and Destruction, Life and Death. And the ceremony is a composting ceremony, which just felt like perfectly applicable. And the um I want to just like read the sort of poem that comes into it. So prepare yourself for compost, become a ripe fermenting body, preparing for birth, undo, unravel, soften, surrender, open into the gifts that wish to flow in, lean into your true nature. And the idea here is that you take a piece of paper and you write down what you want to compost, right? So looking into the things that you're trying to let go of, write it all down, And then into the bathtub, you're going to pour a cup of salt and some herbs that, you know, to you resonate with things around like clearing and protection. I think rosemary is a perfect suggestion here. Rue, you could think about like sage, which is also really great for protection. So you put those, the salt, and then the paper into the bath. And then you take a bath, you meditate on where the energies are at, kind of like breathing them out of your body doing meditation around transforming those unwanted energies. So you could think about like, if you are trying to let go of something about anger, transforming that anger into action, you can transform grief into love, you know, that sort of transmutation of this descent practice. And just know that like, when you get out of the bath, you're leaving that behind. So once you get out of the bath, take another piece of paper Write down at least two of the transform energies you're calling in. Put that under your pillow wrapped in some like lavender or some other great dream herb. And then for the rest of it, for that like paper of what you were trying to compost as well as all the herbs, you're going to either bury them or burn them. I love the idea of burying them because it actually, I'll talk about it in a minute with our like annual sow and ritual. Um, But yeah, so then you either bury or burn the things that you're getting rid of. And I... I don't know. I just feel like this is a perfect time of year to do that type of magical work around like descending and releasing and getting prepared for like, you know, clearing the way for new things. And I just love like dark goddesses. Y'all know I I love them. (laughs) Well, I remember when we did the Morrigan episode being really fascinated by the washerwoman, like, yeah, as an entity. Yes. I think the washerwoman is like wonderful and terrifying, much like the Morrigan in general. And I, I think that is one of the biggest things I feel like has changed in me over the last three years. I'm like way less scared of dark, intense goddesses than I was three years ago. And I don't know if that's an age thing or a practice thing. Um, but I do think that's something that's really shifted within me and like 
the way that I interact with deities and my magical practice in general. Well, I, d- I think we've both kind of rounded a corner in the last year or so. Like, energetically speaking, at lifestyle speaking, you know, you know, I just feel like we are in one of those... We are in... We're, we're both in a new phase right now. Yeah, it feels like we've kind of shifted into, like, the mother aspect. Like, we've kind of left the maiden young like young magician young witch phase behind us and it is really like it's really freeing to be moving into just leaning into being an adult I do think that I am a lot less terrified of aging than I was even just a year ago yeah I don't know there there definitely seems to be some sort some peace around that on my end as well, where it's like, you know, I, I just don't want to live in this, I mean, and you know, it's, it's bad for gay men, y'all, like, the, the culture around aging for gay men is so toxic, and so just like, everywhere, all the time, and it's just like, I don't, I don't want to participate in that anymore, like, and I'm certainly not going to be one of those guys in his 40s that has, like, a full face of, like, collagen and Botox. Like, let me let me keep my laugh lines. If you don't like it, get fucking wrecked. Yeah. I mean, I think living in Los Angeles, I, I feel that very much. And I think, especially having worked in fundraising and working with people that are at a certain level of affluence... You know, I just, they all have the same face at a certain point because of all, like, the work they get done. And I don't want to have the same face as everybody. No, I mean, it's honestly, it's, I mean, even on, like, the less affluent end, you know, it's like everyone's got, I, everyone starts to look a little samey. Yeah. And I'm not here for that. Like, I don't know. I'm like the flaws are like, it's cheesy or whatever, but genuinely like your flaws are the thing that make you unique and interesting. But no, I do. And I also just think going into this sort of darker side of the year, really, I, it's such a good idea to be kind of jumping the gun on a little shadow work too. Yes, especially um, before those like because it's depression go- set in. I was gonna say because it's gonna creep up on you. Yeah, it's gonna creep up on you. You're gonna be in your house, uh, you know, plotting the death of your doorknobs, <laughs> like the Swedes <laughs> do. Yeah. Um, but no. So I was I was wanting to talk about though, kind of aesthetically speaking, like going like things that I have been inspired by and sort of wish to incorporate more into like my witchy aesthetic. Um, which is sort of like, you know, like a, like a sixties or seventies kind of like an old lady, witch. like I'm thinking like caftans and head scarves and like big gold jewelry. Oh, like the time that someone at my old job told me that, Everything I wore reminded her of Stevie Nicks. 
And I was like, well, that's it. I've peaked. I've peaked. <laughs> no, literally, uh, Stevie Nicks. I mean, um, also, you know, it's just like anything that they would put on the character Misty Day in American Horror Story is like exactly the kind of thing. You know, it's like, I love the spooky aesthetic, but I also just love the like flowy, again, caftans. I oh, want yeah. to get a shit ton of caftans. Oh my god, my friend Anne came over the other night and was wearing this gorgeous caftan. And I'm like, I am here for aging into caftans. No, literally. I'm like, I want I want a caftan and I want to wear so many rings. Maybe multiple rings on one finger. Just an absurd amount of jewelry. Just stack it on up. Well, you know, it's like uh, like the Witch of the Wastes and Howl. Yes. How, she, how she's just covered in gaudy jewelry. And like, I want that. It, I yeah. absolutely do want that. Witches or magpies. No, but really though. And, but I'm like, I, I just been really feeling that aesthetic lately. Um, yeah. I also loved on my trip, like the aesthetic of Japanese demons and ghosts. Oh, Yeah. Like, the spooky stuff in Japan is so fucking cool. Oh, yeah. I found a book I'm going to get for you um, at Barnes & Noble, and it's all Japanese ghost stories. Oh, fuck yes. No, because they know. They know how to how to craft a chilling tale. Yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. No, but I do. But also, I I love that aesthetic. I'm also like really feeling like dark, rich jewel tones, like beautiful, like maroons and purples and dark greens. Oh no! And that's what I was. That's why I wanted to talk about this around the fantasy Samhain because it's like in a perfect world, I really would want you know, all of these people kind of like dancing and moving around the fire to have like flowy jewel toned caftans. God, I'm like, I just want to like pick up my phone and Google caftans and order them in like every jewel toned color. Ideally some with fringe on the sleeves. I was going to say it's got, I, fringe is a huge element here. It's oh, got to yeah. be fringe and gold. It's fringe, it's gold, it's caftans, it's... Oh my god, why did I get a $450 fucking caftan that is also perfect as my first result? <laughs> no, literally, okay, but I have been... I am literally texting this to you. Oh my god. It's beautiful. But no, literally, I have been looking... <clears throat> oh my god. Isn't it gorgeous? Why is it $400? I don't understand. But I do love it. I do love it so much. Yeah. Oh my god. And it comes in such beautiful patterns. What the hell? I know. I'm like, I'm going to need the Target salary version of that. <laughs> no, literally. Okay, I'm dying. I'm dying for this. I'm literally gagging for this blue and gold one. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. 
the the gold kind of looks like lightning. Oh yeah. I mean, I just feel like these are all so like agate inspired. Yes, yes, yes. God, they're gorge. Oh my gosh. Okay. I have to I have to stop. I sorry, have to stop. sorry but guys. I, but, but also, Nick, did you see the name of the company? Uh no, what is it? Nico Blue. Oh, of course. Okay, yeah. Well, next sorry. time I got five hundred next time I got five hundred dollars lying around. But I've also been wanting a fucking tiara. When we were talking about those moonstone tiaras, I'm literally like I need a I need a fucking crown to wear around my house. Oh yeah. Yes. Ideally multiple ones for my multiple different moods. I'm I'm 100% in support of that. Um I I want to bring back tiaras as an accessory. Yes. Yes. And I, I I won't be stopped. I won't be. I, I will make <laughs> tiaras chic again. Mark my words. I'm here to support you every step of the way. Because also, you know, it's like, there just is something missing in the, in the world of head accessories. Yes. Why aren't people accessorizing their heads more? You know, I got a really cute headband and I kind of had that moment too where I was like, why do we not just always do this? Right, right. Okay, but I found a a lace caftan and I want to wear it over a black bodysuit. Literally, I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna be that bitch. I'm absolutely gonna be that bitch. Like... Also, some of the jewelry on this website that that you originally sent me is absolutely the vibe. I'm I'm looking at this cuff gold cuff bracelet with like a blue big ass blue stone set in it and I'm like this is it. Yeah, this no. This is my aesthetic. I don't understand. Going into middle age, this is absolutely what I'm going to be dressing like. And it's named for you. And it is named after me, yes. Like, they have an entire section for bracelets and cuffs under accessories. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's it. Like, that's the move. That's, okay. So, but no, I do, I I am feeling this, like, 70s Stevie Nicks caftan fantasy. Yes. Um, Absolutely. But I'm also, like... I want to spend more time in the woods. I bought all this camping stuff literally around this time last year, went camping once, and it's just been in my closet ever since. And it's like, I should be out in the woods wearing a caftan and being a fucking weirdo. God, you know, I should just buy some patterns for caftans because I bet I could sew the shit out of some cool ones with fun fabrics. Well, because I, okay, and I I feel like I don't know much about sewing, but just, like, the shape of it, how hard could it be? Well, yeah, it's like you're not having to cut it to fit your body. 
No, because it's supposed to be loose and flowy. Yeah. I'm like, some of them are just like big ass fucking squares. Um, you know, the I the fear the fear I have with with the caftan is that they are such a shape where it's like it could turn into a nightgown. Yeah, but like that's my that's my clothing goal is like I want you to not know if I'm dressed to go out or to go to bed. <laughs> no, literally though. <laughs> literally. Is she going to sleep? Is she going to the Trader Joe's? Poor Kano Los Dos, my friends. Oh my god. <laughs> no, but I, w- I was thinking about this the other day too. There is something that's so nice about like wearing a whole ass outfit to sleep. Oh, me and my entire drawer full of matching pajama sets absolutely agrees. I, uh, and you know, and you know, I'm literally uh, about to confess that I have five different robes. Ugh, I love it. I'm not a robe person. I no, 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 no. I only have two. Six different robes. I respect your robe game. <laughs> your robe it's game is literally glorious. I almost have a, I need to just get one more maybe I'll put that on my Christmas list so I can have one for every day of the week I love that but no, but no I have two for the summertime uh, two or one for like after my shower um, one that's like for winter um, and then the two that I got in Kyoto, which are, like, supposed to be for after bath time, but, you know, I, they're ankle length. You could just wear them around the house. That's what the lady said. She was like, you could just wear this around the house. Oh my god, I love that. And if the lady at the, the kimono store said that I can just wear it around the house, then that's exactly what I'm gonna do. I mean, look, you have permission. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, thanks, lady. We're here for it, lady. <laughs> um, But no, okay. I also, I thought it might be kind of a fun, since we're doing the fantasy Samhain of it all, um, virgin sacrifice. Who are we sacrificing? Oh, who are we sacrificing? Um, God, there are a lot of people I could sacrifice on the pyre. Let's see. I mean... I I, I personally was vibing with uh, Timothée Chalamet because I think the Wonka movie is going to be an abomination. Okay, but also, I like have never gone from liking someone to getting the ick with such intense whiplash as I have with Timothée. Listen, it's like, okay, I liked Dune, right? Into that. Okay. But I'm sorry, it's like my, you know, you're not you're not Willy Wonka. No. You're, you're literally not Willy Wonka. No. I can think of so many other actors that I would rather see playing a young Willy Wonka than Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Yeah. And then 
And then now he's like involved with the Kardashians. It's like to the top of the to the top of the bonfire with you. Honestly, I'm gonna have to hard agree there. Um Yeah. That's that's for sure one. Also, I you know, I gotta say, I'm I'm over I'm over Taylor Swift mania. Maybe we could just throw her in there too. I think we'll all be happier for it. But listen, I was saying the other day, I was like because we were talking about um sort of artists that died sort of in their prime of life, right? Yeah. It's 27 Club and some of those people. And it's like, oh my God. But if Taylor Swift died, you would never hear the end of it. No. You would never hear the fucking end of it. No. And like, it's already bad enough, but it's like, if she died. God, I could not. I, it would be. Exhausting. It'd be so much. It would be exhausting. Because all of these pick me gays and all of these like Swifties in the street would be, would lose their shit. Yeah. Um, Oi. West, West Hollywood would be closed. Oh my God. And honestly, it might be nice. It's a great time for a drive through the WeHo Hills. (laughs) Um... (laughs) No, no I'm, I'm feeling you. I think those are like really, really good ones. I just, Timote, I am here for it. I'm just fucking over it. I it's, it's ditto Taylor Swift. It's like, did she do anything wrong? No, I'm just fucking over it. I'm, I literally, I was like wanting to go see a movie the other day and my local theater was playing that fucking Taylor Swift movie on like three of the screens. Oh my god, can I do one that's going to be a hot take and might piss a lot of people off? Mm, love it. Love Beyonce. it. <gasps> okay, what did what did Beyonce do? I need I need the deeds. Or are you just over it? Or I'm over it, but you and I can also talk offline about some personal issues. <laughs> mm, sure, sure, sure. But also, I'm just fucking over it. The fans, they're unhinged. Sure. The music's great. She's also best friends with T-Swift, which is weird. Also doing a weird, like, movie music tour. It's like, sure, you have the power to just not go through Ticketmaster and make your tickets to your shows accessible, but you'd rather make a lot of money and then just release it into the theaters like you're our benevolent overlord. And I'm like, yes, her music is good, but, like, not Bayhive murdery levels. No, it's and and it's so true what you're saying about it being unhinged. Where it's like, um, the the whole thing where she says like like mute in one of the songs, and then the whole stadium is supposed to be quiet and like, yeah. y'all are in a cult. Don't tell me what to do. Um, also Mariah Carey because I'm tired of her ruining the fall with Christmas creep. Oh my god. I do think the the memification of Mariah Carey's one Christmas song is I mean cuz it's I mean I get that she probably has like a Christmas album but it's like literally 
All I Want for Christmas is You. It's one song. Like it's, it's one song and it's not that fucking good. No. It's not. I just like that but we're I'll, like three years in, let's piss everyone off. Let's piss everyone off. I literally we do not have a single gay listener left <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> I mean, like, we're about to get some serious hate mail. But like, I think that um it's more than anything, it's like the fandoms of these people I would like to throw on the pyre, yeah. but that feels no, unrealistic. Literally. So literally, I'm, I'm throwing their like, golden calf in. Throw their golden calf in. Also, I mean, it's like, I I don't know if you're you're kind of with me on this. Lady Gaga fans are not like that. They're really not. Or even Britney fans. Like, you know, uh, the the Chromatica Ball was a well-attended tour, but she wasn't telling people what outfits to wear. She wasn't, you know, people were not, like, going to the Chromatica Ball five times in five different cities, like... You know, you go once, you enjoy it, you say thank you, lady, and uh, you, you, you go back to your millennial adult stuff. Yeah. Oh, I have a non-musical one that we can throw on the pyre. Mm. Sarah J. Mass. The writer of Akatar. So, it's mostly I don't appreciate her fucking, like, publishing company, But there's this other great series that I love from Blood and Ash that for the past year, any time that author has had big news on her series, SJM has released new news about either Crescent City or Akatar, and it's just so shady. Mm, That is shady. And if we're getting rid of, like, authors, um, fucking JK. Oh, yeah, I mean, Joanne? Joanne can fuck off. We aren't even throwing Joanne onto the pyre. We are using Joanne as kindling. Oh, yes. Like, she doesn't even get to be part of the sacrifice. She is just literally trash that we are using to start the fire. Hmm. Yes. Um, actually, I will say that, like... The fact that she has now quadrupled down on being a transphobe. It's just so unnecessary. It's like, why? You're a billionaire also. Like, when do you ever use a, when do you ever use a public restroom? You know who's billionaireing correctly? Enya. Mm, Have you? Yeah. Enya's just loaded and lives in a castle. That could have been you, Joanne. You could have been beloved and just shut the fuck you could up. Have, yeah, literally. Um, you know what people love? A mysterious character. And Enya just, lives in a castle and yeah. never comes out. And literally, okay, so I worked. I used to work with this girl that lived close to Enya's castle. She did like a study abroad in Ireland, right? Amazing. 
Um, and apparently, yeah, she like never leaves. She's like agoraphobic. I mean, and why would you so, need to? You live in a castle. You live in a castle. She also apparently has like 47 cats. Again, as is correct when you live as in a castle. As is correct. It's rodent There's control. A it's practical it's, in a castle. It's practical in a castle. Also, I would say, you know, it's like, there, you know, a, a cat in every room. Well, a yeah. cat for every room in your castle. Why else would you have a castle if you're not going to have a cat for every room? A diverse array of cats. But also, you know, it's like the queen, right? It's like the queen had all those corgis, but the queen could also afford to pay people to take care of those corgis. Enya has people taking care of those cats. So I'm sure her castle is still, you know, as clean as it can be with 47 cats. Well, I mean, look, the only way I'm getting 47 cats is if I have, like, people to clean out 47 litter boxes because I'm not about Mm -hmm. that life. But... You can afford the help. You uh, or you just turn your dungeon into one giant litter box. <laughs> I mean, look, why not? You're not going to be using the dungeon. You're Enya. You're an agoraphobe. Right. Um, but no, apparently she does have like a recording studio and everything. So like she doesn't have to leave. I mean, look, she has made the soundtrack to Witchy like grown-ups for the entirety of like i don't know what the last 40 years the yeah i mean really though and i will also say listening to Obranoko flow on the beach oh that that is that is that is some powerful witchcraft in and of itself i assure you yeah like she gets to do whatever she wants but again joanne you could have had it all. You could have had it all. But you had to be a hateful cunt. Well, and I just, okay. While we're talking about sacrificing people, like, I'm also just going to say, I'm going to say Bobby Flay. Yes. Yes. Bobby, you- I don't give a fuck if you think you can make Nona's dumplings better. I need you to get the fuck out. Literally, I find him so abrasive. Because he is like the Food Network's frat boy. He's the frat boy of the Food Network, and I don't like it. No, so literally, I was... I was... I've I've been watching... They have this channel that's just a Martha Stewart channel on, like, live TV now. Um, which is great, and I love it. And they play all the old Martha Stewart livings from the 90s, which I am absolutely living for. Oh, okay. Yes, please. she had baby Bobby Flay on one of her episodes, making a paella. God, that motherfucker loves the crispy rice. And literally, I was like, how are you this young and doing one of your probably first televised appearances still this cocky to martha 
I'm like, you know, he's got to have a masterful cock because he is not hot enough for this. No. Well, and the fact that him and Giada apparently were hooking up because she's a beautiful woman. Yeah, but she also has like shark teeth and it scares me. She's got one of those smiles where there's too many teeth. <laughs> um, But no, yeah, we're, we're getting rid of Bobby Flay too. I mean, while, while the fire's lit. I mean, shit, if we're getting rid of Bobby, throw Giada on there. It's not like she's going to take up the face. But no. Always and forever, I do love Martha Stewart. And every time there's like a Martha Stewart fall episode, I'm like, literally, she is, she, to me personally, like one of the most iconic, iconic people um for like fall decorating and stuff oh yeah i mean and her friendship with snoop dogg gives me hope in humanity oh yeah well and i mean did you see her in that swimsuit for what was it like the oh yeah looking like an absolute fucking snack i was like okay martha because she's obviously had work done but it's very good work I mean, it's like Jane Fonda. I'm like, I'm totally not anti getting any like work done. But when you get so much done that you have the same face as every person that comes out of your doctor's office, that's not tasteful. Also, it's like you just you just get a little bit of work at a time. Oh, yeah. You always still look like you, but you just keep things tight. Oh, y'all just wait. And I think that's one of these I think days. That's what Martha has done. Oh, she's impeccable because she still looks like Martha. But one of these days, mm-hmm. y'all are just going to see a picture of me on social media, and you're going to be like, "Hmm, what's different about Shannon?" And it's going to be that I got a lip flip because I have no fucking lips because I'm a white lady, and it's going to happen one day. Y'all heard it here first. <laughs> you, you and Tina Fey, you. I'm like, look, just give me a little bit of Botox above my lip. I'll never be able to use a straw again, but I'll look like I actually have some volume in my mouth. Oh, that's so funny. But I'm, no, I, I have um, great hair. I don't have great lips. I am a white woman. <laughs> All right. So I, I, I did kind of also want to talk about, since we're doing fantasy Samhain, what are your favorite like Halloween treats. Oh my God. Okay. First of all, Reese's pieces, anything. Um, like I love putting Reese's pieces and brownies and stuff, but Reese's peanut butter cups now, uh, for the past few years have made like the Reese's pumpkins. And I just, something mm. about them being shaped like pumpkins yeah. is delicious. But this year there was actually, and I forget the name of it. I got them at whole foods, but they were like dark chocolate pumpkins with a peanut butter filling. And there's a theme here. Chocolate and peanut butter, of course. But they were like, they were like dove dark chocolate. So it was like crunchy with a little bit of peanut butter on the inside. And those were also delicious. Um, And I got a weed candy bar that's churro flavored. That has been my like pot treat of October. Um, That actually, I love anything churro flavored. And I know that. Everything churro flavored is just cinnamon flavored, but like. 
well, that's and, fine. And I like these chocolate bars because it's the way they did it is it's like the cinnamon sugar, like that crunchy cinnamon sugar coating is on the back side of the chocolate bar. Oh, okay. So yeah, that is very like churro. Yeah, it's that it's that crunchy sugar cinnamon texture. Um, and and it's like, yes, y'all, I love like pumpkin spice, aka chai. It's masala chai seasoning, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. which is great, but I do have to admit the peppermint mocha flavored things have come out and I pick them up because I love chocolate and mint. I don't give a shit about the Christmas side of it, but I personally really do love chocolate mint stuff. So it's like, I love a masala chai year round. Y'all don't have to wait for the fall for pumpkin spice. Just, uh, color it orange if you want it to feel pumpkiny, but it's just masala chai. Well- Last year, I was working on Halloween, and so I brought in one of my favorite year-round treats, which are after eights. Have I gotten you into the 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 after eights of it all? No. So after eights are a, a British treat, and it's like a square of dark, dark, dark chocolate with a little mint filling. Oh, okay. I'm. I love chocolate and mint. I'm here for it. Uh, And they come in this fancy little box and they're all in little paper envelopes. Um, And, and they, they, they have just, because it's dark chocolate, they have this perfect little snap. Yes. Um, Which is incredible, but I brought them and like was giving them out uh, to people with their check as like a little Halloween treat. Um, but then also at the end of the night, me and my coworkers just killed the box, but they do sell them here. Um, they have, they have a British section for some goddamn reason at the Allendale HEB. They have a British section. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry, for the giant British population of like West Austin? You say that and I'm like... I thought about it and I'm like, I guess I do occasionally run into British people, but like, it's not like, you know, at least when there's like the, the Hispanic food style on like Riverside or something, it's like, yeah, cause there's like a Hispanic community here. Well, yeah. It's or like, like the far West AGB with their like Jewish deli area. But it's like, okay, so they have, they have a British section. Where is the British community? It's like there's fucking three British people running around that area of Austin, and HEB's like, give them a section. Give a, give them a section. They they need their after eights and their toffee flavored snacks. Oh my god! But toffee can get it. To- toffee is that bitch. Okay? I mean, look. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I can tell by my palate that my family hails from the United Kingdom in large part, and toffee is the top indicator. Oh, the sticky well, toffee literally... pudding, fuck me up. No, it's so funny you say that because I was literally talking to someone about it, about how I'm like planning on going to Ireland and Scotland next year. And I actually think it was Bailey. And um, he was like, well, you know, that sounds cool and all, but the food there's going to suck. And I was oh, like, fuck I off. think, I think I personally have such a palate that like 
the UK food is going to be good to me. Okay, but also can I just say pub food? You can never go wrong. Literally, I'm like, I love split pea soup. I love fish sticks and french fries. I was made for this. A shepherd's pie. A cottage pie, depending on the area. A pie. Everything's a pudding. Everything's I Yorkshire pudding with like a beef pot roast. Oh my god, Yorkshire pudding! Why is it a thing that I haven't mastered making yet? Because it's fucking hard. I know. I want to be good at it. I feel like I'm letting my ancestors down. Like, listen, I get it, but I'm just like, I have seen so many recipes for Yorkshire pudding, including the ones that claim to be easy. And it's it's like, all a lie. It's all a lie. It's all a lie. And I'm sorry. Like, who just has a beef tallow? Yeah. I mean, when you're right, you're right. And you're right. I mean, it's like, uh, okay, okay, Britain, British people. There's not enough, there's not space for so many cows that everyone has beef tallow. Who are you kidding? Literally, literally. And also, it's like, why has no one come out with a Yorkshire pudding recipe that uses butter? Yeah, you know, the thing that's easily available everywhere? Yeah. So, um, no. We need to stop the Yorkshire pudding gatekeeping. (laughs) No, literally, (laughs) that is my first order of business when I land in the United Kingdom is I am going to go to Yorkshire (laughs) and put an, I'm going to put an end to this. You know what? I'm going to support this. We should start a Kickstarter. Um, I don't know what we're funding, but we're funding the end of the fucking like war against equal access to Yorkshire pudding. Also, I don't want to buy a Yorkshire pudding. I just want it to be easier to make. Because Yorkshire puddings have to be fresh. They're not good yeah. if they're not hot. So for those reasons, this is why I'm going to the UK. I'm so glad I found my purpose for this trip. I um, just love that we've had an hour on this and we have spent half of it talking about caftans and UK food. And I feel like that sums us up as people. And it's very appropriate for our three-year anniversary episode. <laughs> Um, oh shit. Oh, we have gone over an hour officially though. So here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to open up the floor to if you had any other things you wanted to talk about for Fantasy Samhain. Oh, you know, every year I just wanted to talk about this because I know I've talked about it on the podcast, but it is our annual Samhain tradition and I love it is we do the, um, we do three bay leaves. So we do one that we put in honey jar for something that we have in our life and we want to keep and sweeten. We have one that we plant for something we want to manifest and one that we burn for something we want to leave behind. And so we write on each of the bay leaves and we do three each. So me and Eric do. And we have done this every year for the past five years. And we have the same jar of honey that we keep adding our bay leaves to and we like keep it in the living room. And it just feels like a really special, uh, little thing that we do every year and I love it I because Samhain is is like some people call it the witch's new year but to me I also just feel like it's a perfect time for setting intentions because like 
January 1 is totally like a made up thing. Like nobody, January 1 is not the actual new year for any historical cultures. So you could do February. I think February is another great time. But yeah, Samhain, I love Samhain. It's too dreary at Yule for intention setting. Oh, yeah. No, just better to get drunk and have a feast for Yule. Yeah, you, you've got to eat half of a Yule log because you're a couple. And, <laughs> and what are you supposed to do? Save it for later? <sighs> a a bouche de Noel. <laughs> Um, okay, so it's taroscope time, you guys. And we only have one this week. And we only have one this week because we finally figured out our schedule. Um, all right, so, and I'm, like, showing the card. I'm remembering that my camera is turned off. So I, (laughs) this week, uh, is for Pisces, speaking of February. Oh, BBs! Um... So, for you guys, I drew the Knight of Cups. Ooh, girl. Speaking of manifesting. I I know. I'm literally like, okay. Um, But no, so this is really someone who is in their power. And also, maybe even romantically. So, I would say this is kind of like hinting at either feeling romantic or maybe uh, a romantic opportunity opening up for for this person it is cuffing Um, season it is cuffing season so to all you pisces out there you know you're feeling the love right now and i love that for you there's nothing sweeter than a pisces in love There's also nothing more delusional than a Pisces in love. And I say that with love. I'm sorry, but we could have just stopped it. There's nothing more delusional than a Pisces. I say this, (laughs) I say this as someone with a very strong Pisces placement. I am deluded as fuck as well. It's part of our charm. (laughs) It's it's part of it. Um, (laughs) It's a feature, not a bug. Exactly. So... But okay, well, what do we say to all of our spooky Samhain bitches? To all of our spooky caftan-wearing Samhain bitches. Blessed be, bitches. Blessed be, bitches. Goodbye. And happy three years to you, Shannon. Oh, yeah. Happy three years to you, too, Sir Nicholas. (laughs) Goodbye. All right. Bye now. I'm I'm having a naughty kitty moment. I'm literally about to kick these cats out of my room. One sec.